I love this every year. We're broadcasting live from the Milwaukee Auto Show, where you can peruse the displays, check out the latest technologies. There are old cars, there are new cars, there are trucks. This is wonderful. Everything's sparkling here. Oh, it's so nice. And, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons I like seeing all these shiny cars is we've had so much salt on our cars for so long. <laughs> this is a refreshing change. This is what they're supposed right? to look like. <laughs> right? yeah. Remember when you first buy it, and it's the only time it looks like these ones we're yeah, staring exactly. at here? <laughs> but you really appreciate the artistry and design, like just the curves and the lines and the shininess. Like This is a really fun place to be. Uh, the auto show through Sunday, but we are here live today and tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, so I just bought a new car car um uh, twice recently i've bought a new car <laughs> yeah <laughs> won't get into all that uh, but it was interesting because as i shopped for the car there were electric vehicles there that you could buy and there was a lot of display work about the electric vehicles that are coming our direction brian moody is the executive editor of the kelly blue book and i've been waiting to have this discussion with brian all day thanks for being with us brian yeah thanks for having me so many questions surround electric vehicles. I, I guess when I think about them in general, what I think is it's no longer, wow, wait till we see what happens in 10 years. They are here, right? And most of the brands we know and individual models we know now either have an electric version or will very shortly. Yes, that's true. Most automakers have at least one electric car. And my opinion is that the car itself, the thing as a product, if the average American family were to drive one, I think they would really like it. So the car itself is usually quite good, but there's more to it than just the car. All right, I want to dive into a couple things that I'm sure you hear all the time, and they are reasons that people are leery of getting an electric vehicle. Um, I take long road trips sometimes, and I like to stop and get gas and get right back on the road when I'm cranking on the beginning of those road trips. Will range improve? Will charging stations improve? How long will I have to wait if I stop to charge before I can drive again? Can you dive into that part of what people have concerns about? Yeah, I think there's a couple things to keep in mind with regard to electric cars. The first thing is the range is the real thing. Like if you buy a car that has a 250-mile range or a 300-mile range, it will go about that far. However, that range is a little bit less when you're on the highway. And to charge it back up, it's not going to be a five-minute stop. It might be a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-minute stop. And that's assuming you can pull up right to the charger and start. You may have to wait before you can start charging. So it does take longer to charge the car up. Also, in very cold weather, so I was just in Milwaukee for the auto show. I was walking the same floor that you guys are sitting on, and it was 9 degrees one day. Well, electric cars and me have something in common. We both don't like that. And the <laughs> electric car will take longer to charge when that's the case. So those are things to keep in mind. That's a big deal. I mean, especially if you live in Milwaukee or Minneapolis or Chicago or Boston. Will that get better? Are they working on technology that will change that, or will that inherently just be what it is? Well, I think it's going to be what it is for a while. Uh, what I always tell people is that look at a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid as a way to bridge the gap between electric cars and gas-only cars. Those are the kinds of cars that you can use to see a plug-in especially. Here's how I use it. Here's how it's going to work for me. And then if it doesn't work for you, still have a car that you can run on gas, and then, you know, you, you didn't risk much. But jumping right to an electric car for many people today is going to be a risk. We know that 80% of electric vehicle owners today, they charge their car up at home. I feel like a lot of people who are interested in electric vehicles still have some apprehension, like you hear about the pickup. 
how fast is it really going to go? Am I just going to be like puttering along in the right lane, or is it really a performance vehicle? Does it have ways a ways to go before it's there, or is that just a bad perception or an inaccurate? No, perception? that's a bad perception. Yeah, that's an inaccurate perception because the cars like the Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning, which is sitting right there uh, near you guys, mm-hmm. uh, that's very quick. And not only is it very quick. I'm not even, like, say, a big pickup truck fan, nor am I. I'm neutral on electric cars. But I have to admit that that particular truck, the F-150 Lightning, is so well thought out, has so many thoughtful features and touches. It's it's really a spectacular vehicle. The issue comes if you're the kind of person who tows a lot. If you tow a lot, it's it's maybe not going to work out that well for you. But if you use your Ford pickup truck the way that you would use a Nissan Altima, which is to say go to the grocery store and drive to work, you're going to love it. Brian Moody's with us from Kelly Blue Book. Why are electric vehicles so much more expensive to buy? The battery is expensive. That's really the only reason. So the battery itself has technology, chemicals, and technology that is it's just it's not mainstream yet. So think about how cars work. You know how today when we get a new car, even the base model has power windows. And that's because they can amortize the cost of that across their whole vehicle line. Today, if you were to insist on getting a car with crank-up windows and assuming they could even make it, it would actually cost more because it would be one of the few that would do that. Automakers have to be able to apply their technology, their parts and pieces, to a bunch of cars across hundreds of thousands of vehicles in order to make it make economic sense for them. So not many are electric cars right now, and the technology is also expensive. So those two things combined mean the average electric car today is about $60,000. Hey, Brian, do you own an EV? No, but I tried to get one. I tried to get a plug-in hybrid, and I went down to the dealer. I even asked for favors from people that I knew who worked in the business. And by the time I got down there, I was looking at, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I, you know, I want to save money every way I can. And by the time I got down there, we were looking at a car payment for a normal period of time that was about $1,200 a month. I just don't think that's reasonable. Wow. So we ended up buying a used gasoline-powered car. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the drawbacks Sell it to us if you're somebody who's in the business. What's great about owning an electric vehicle? No no more visits to gas stations. Charging up <laughs> at your home, assuming you have a way to do that. They're very quick. They're very quiet. They don't have to be bound by the design of yesteryear because there's no engine under the hood. You can have things like a frunk or extra storage space or a flat floor inside. You even get more techie features like, say, Uh, lane departure correction, or some gas and electric cars now have a self-driving ability. Uh, The Chevy pickup that's sitting there has Super Cruise. Uh, Ford has that. Nissan's Aria has. On the freeway, it will steer itself and brake and gas for you. So there are a lot of advantages. The car itself is great. It's everything else that maybe isn't so great. Brian, I love all the information that you're giving us about electric vehicles because they're something I've truly been considering, and it doesn't sound like they're great for the hardy weather that we have here in the wintertime. You also said two things in the just now, frunk and yeah, what's, flop floor. Yeah. Did I hear that correctly? And can you explain those to me? The flat floor is what I was saying. Is that like so? Flat. In some cars, you get in there and there's a big hump in the middle, and it doesn't. It's ugly or whatever. The floor is flat. So a frunk, and you are allowed to sit on the radio, I checked. 
Exactly. The, the <laughs> trunk is basically a trunk in the front of the vehicle. So let's take that F-150 Lightning as an example. It has a hood in the front that functions like a trunk. It's power operated, so you can open and close it with your remote. It has a storage area with a drain plug, meaning you could use it like a, an ice chest or put muddy or dirty things yeah. in there, hunting or whatever. It has beer. power outlets. It has it has beer. It has uh, grocery bag hooks. It has a lighting system. It has a ruler built in. It has little cup holders. Everything you can think of from storing cargo to tailgating. I don't know what we call it now. What do we call it if we're tailgating and the front of the car is open? Front That's gating? right. Front gating. Front, front, front sure gating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Moody is the executive editor of Kelly Blue Book. This has been really good. Great information. Thanks for being with us. Sorry we missed you here at the auto show, Brian. Yeah, thank you for having me anytime. Happy to do it.